0: Can make it through Degrassi Viewing Podcast, I'm your very stuffed-up veteran, Donnie.
1: I'm your amazed neophyte, Frank.
0: And today, we're here with Degrassi, The Next Generation, Season 5, Episode 1 and 2, Venus. So, a quick content warning before we get to this one. Uh, I have the following listed, but Frank, please, and our guests, please feel free to jump in if you feel that I'm missing anything. I have body shaming, ableism, potential racism, and no, definitely racism, forgot about a comment. Uh, and emotional abuse.
1: Um. I know there's a better term for it. Homelessness.
0: I mean, we'll be talking about being disowned. Oh, Uh, yeah. That's also a big ol' Oh, boy. That's definitely worth mentioning. So, we will have a nice, clear, concise content warning in our description. So, if you need to skip anything, take a break, whatever... You will know exactly when to plan it around. Um, but now that we've heard our lovely guest, let us please give a warm welcome to our lovely person who's going to be kicking off Season 5 with us. It is our pal Joey. Hey, Joey! Hi! Welcome, welcome. Um, so, oh, Let's just jump into this, because we do have a slight, qu- slightly tight time frame. we got to get through this in a double... Honestly, I just need to get this done, because there are some things that, uh, unfortunately hit very close to home for me with this episode. Uh, A-plot, B-plot, we wanna do B-plot first?
1: Uh, I kinda wanna, let's do the A-plot first, let's get that out of the way, out of the way and then we can do the B-plot as dessert.
0: Oh, that sounds good. Okay.
1: You cool with that, Joey? Sounds
0: good. Alright, so, A-plot, we opened up at the local <laughs> pool. We are watching this fellow, whom, as soon as I saw him, my fucking panic alarm went off, because it's fucking Peter... Filming girls diving a into the pool. Devil. Well, he's just a fucking wor- I'm sorry, okay. This is probably unsurprising. I think I implied his presence or like one of the earliest episodes of Degrassi.
1: We saw Miss Hasselakos, and you said Yeah, no, we saw Hasselakos.
2: I think it was the episode I was on because it was like the first episode Hasselakos was on,
0: and we were yeah. all like, It's
2: the precursor
0: of the devil. Yeah. Well now Frank knows.
1: Yeah. Um, but like I'm honestly Unable to like the huge plot hole here. How is there not a parent slapping that camera out of his hands and being like, Why are you taking in video of children at the pool, you weirdo?
0: I feel like this is kind of the beginning of the turning point for Degrassi, where there is, I for a, such an adult heavy episode in certain ways, I actually feel like the adult presence in Degrassi eventually dissipates, and I feel like that moments like that are kind of where you start really like grasping how the adults are just plot convenient points as opposed to realistic um potential roadblocks in the experience of being a teenager. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. He's just like, "Huh, look at these girls jumping in the water." And I'm like, "What a fucking creep." What well, it-
1: but the, my thing is, like, there's little kids at the pool, like, yeah. if I am I'm if I'm even don't have children, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing in my programming, too. Like, I tell kids, I'm like, put your phone away, and they're like, why? I'm like, because if you're filming something, and you have somebody in that filming, and they don't want to be in it, then you're in big trouble. Yeah. But uh, Peter if doesn't fucking people, know that. Yeah, uh, if people film
2: things at my job, they get fired.
0: Yeah, yeah, they sure do. Jesus, fuck. Uh,
2: we've been responsible for getting several people fired technically because construction workers are contracted and if they're caught taking any backstage photography either the construction company has to fire that worker or they all lose their contract with Disney.
0: Yeah, good thing you mentioned Disney. I was like, I don't know how many of our our listeners know that. A little, little tidbit, but... I was
1: going to make a joke about where he worked. It was just like like at a subway. I don't
0: know. <laughs> you <laughs> can
2: imagine? T- pictures of the Tom kill you.
0: It's like, how dare you? How dare you? How will people figure out the scent of this bread?
1: I just didn't know, like, if you wanted to reveal too much personal information on this. Anyway.
0: Anyway, let's keep going. So Manny is worrying because she's wondering if her agent is going to call her because she has just finished up the Jay and Silent Bob movie, so there's some continuation from that concept. uh, Because now she earnestly wants to continue pursuing this acting piece.
1: Yeah, remember how she was the romantic lead in a movie? What the fuck? And now no, and like, also you know, young and beautiful, and no Asian's like,
0: (laughs) It's, yeah, it's tough. I mean, yeah, it's tough. And then Emma is just wondering, when will Peter finally notice her? (sighs) Never! Never! Anyway, so... Uh, Uh, Emma, it's your junior year. at taste. She's still... She... <laughs> Emma! It's just like another season where I'm just screaming into the void about Emma Nelson. Wow. must What a surprise. Um, but yeah, so they do a bit of body shaming type stuff because Manny puts herself down in the process of complimenting Emma how thin she is, um, and then they kind of collectively tear apart a girl in a tankini talking to Peter, um... And then, as they're doing that, Peter looks at Manny, um, and there's like this weird tension, which you can kind of pick up on as a viewer, which is that Peter is looking at Manny, but Emma wants Peter, and it's this type of love triangle bullshit that they're really trying to make into a thing in this. Unfortunately,
1: it won't last the. Ep- Will only last the episode. <laughs>
2: Oh, oh, sorry. I'm just thinking of a future episode that makes this that exchange even.
0: (sighs) We'll get there, Joey. We'll get there. Yeah. Oh, but um. Anyway, uh, Manny says like to Emma like that she is going to do whatever it takes to to become an actress, and then we get to the opening. Which, as Frank pointed out to me before we recorded, has not changed. R.I.P. Kendra. She's still fucking there.
1: And, um, Peter's in it now, and that same stupid denim jacket's still in it.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh,
1: poor, poor Marco. Yeah. Um, though Hesalakos is now the one pushing the camera out of the way instead of Radish. Um... Anyway, um... It's so
0: funny, because, like, so many of the characters are, like, five aesthetics ago.
1: Yeah. Um, so, um, first day of school, uh, Peter comes up to introduce himself to Manny and Emma, <laughs> Emma... Totally screws the pooch on this one, as usual. But
0: I hate her execution of it. I wish the actress was more authentic with it, because, like, the landing of it is so bad, but it's her going, hi, welcome to Emma, I'm Degrassi, and I'm just like, man, I wish you were a slightly better actress, because this could have been a really fucking funny moment. Yeah. But it's okay. Um,
1: But then Manny swoops in with her expert flirting, and is just like, yo, blah, blah, blah. (laughs)
0: Oh, it's like, opposite greetings! And, like, does the whole thing where she's like, I'm Emma! And then, like, Peter's like, oh, like, oh. And then, like, trying to accuse him and in to introduce and, of course, in true douchebag fashion, he's like, yeah, I'm a director. And I'm like, God, I know teenage girls will fall for this, but it still hurts!
1: So, anyway, yeah. You should also introduce yourself, hi, I'm Peter, I'm a predator.
2: Right.
0: Oh, my God. And then, like, Manny's talking, this is where I really lost it, like, I actually had to pause. It sounds really innocuous, probably, when I say it out loud, but it's the part where he's, like, talking to Manny, Manny's like, yeah, I'm trying to be an actress, and, like, you know, my agent isn't really calling me, and he's like, you know, you should just barge into your agent's office and just demand that she pays attention to you. Oh, hold on, I got a call. And it's just, like, it's just, like, true, like, that, that, like, audacious white man attitude that just really fucking gets under my skin. Like, he just reminds me of all, like, the douchebags that, like, I see in New York City all the time. And I just, I just fucking, like, I paused it. I was, like, on the train trying to watch it. I paused it. I'm like, nope, we're not doing this anymore.
1: (laughs) Podcast done.
0: Yep, it's over.
1: Peter killed it.
0: Honestly, he might. I hate him. But, um... Does anyone actually like him? I don't even know if this character hate is, like, an unpopular I, opinion. I mean,
2: I haven't really, like, went through Degrassi fandom, like, actively engaged in it ever really, considering how long I watched it. But, like, I, I feel like most people don't like Peter.
1: If if you do like Peter, put yourself on some kind of watch list.
0: Ooh. It's <laughs> just, like, ugh. Like, he just, ugh. I feel like even <laughs> who hate
2: you hate him by virtue. Of you know, wanting like Emma and Sean together or something like that, you know, at least, right. at least at least you still hate him,
0: right? Like I feel like even though I was not like deep in the Degrassi fandom, I was like on the end boards, which like kind of I guess is Degrassi fandom, but also was just me and what I did when Live Journal was down. Um, but I do remember like the Sean Emma shippers hanging on for fucking ever. To a point that I really didn't hear very much about Peter at all because everyone was still like on that ship and still hoping Sean would come back. So, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. But um. Anyway, so the next scene we have of this plot, we end up in Manny's parents' home. Um. Her mom is super warm to her. I'll ableism. Yeah, I said ableism. Oh, I, I got you. I'm sorry. It's okay. I got you. I'm just reading the transcripts again. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, but, you know, Manny's mom greets greets her, offers her lunch, and Manny's very abrupt, just saying she's there for the credit card. Um, and it's explained that, like, yeah, she made a lot of money, apparently, from this movie, um, but her parents are going to hold on to the credit card, because, and they want to make sure that she's making good life choices um, and they're really concerned about, like, her using, like, buying it for, like, clothes. They're concerned about her, like, her, her obsession with boys, with grades. You know, the typical conservative portrayal of, like, what parents care about. Um, and Manny, in the process, like, uses the arsler And I know that this is, like, not uncommon for TV shows during this time period. But, man, it is so fucking jarring. Every fucking time I watch anything from this era did um oh
2: no, no, it's true that word was just so common then
0: like it was all ridiculous. over it was all over and, and it was
2: and like i feel like as much as the like clown on tumblr i feel like that like 2010 was like when a lot of people migrated to it it was really the turning point in which people stopped using that word as much
0: i agree honestly i feel like for all of like the gripes that we may have with tumblr with social justice and all that type of stuff I do feel like that was the first real space that... At least online space where there was a more of like a, a conversation outside of just like disability rights activism. Where like you could be a, a just like a person just like going through your dash and potentially find something that actually said, Hey, guess what? This is a really fucked up word to use. It's... And I mean, we could talk about extremes and we could talk about all that type of stuff. And we could talk about like, you know, where where... Tumblr social justice kind of fell apart, but the fact of the matter was, was that there were words like that that were used so freely, and then there was an active campaign against using it, and then it was eradicated for a while, and t- now, I think, unfortunately, because of YouTube, Let's Play, and things like that, I think these, a lot of these, language like, a lot of this language is coming back, which really fucking sucks, as somebody who works in education, because, like, there was a solid period of time where kids were not using this word at all, um, and they were not using certain LGBTQ slurs. Now, obviously, this is relevant to where I was teaching and where I was working, but I do think that it's something to be noted that for a while, these words were not really commonplace in the spaces that I was in, and then suddenly, about, like, I would say about three years ago, it started really coming back with a vengeance. It's hard and really difficult to kind of, Wrap my head around sometimes, but I I agree, Joey, wholeheartedly. I think <laughs> Joey, you got a message.
2: Sorry, <laughs> I, I have to keep my phone on, not silent because I need to hear my make sure I leave when my alarm goes off.
0: <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, I think that there was something to be said about that era of tumblr and successful efforts to try and change language and certain words that we use um but yeah manny just it rolls off the fucking tongue and i think that's also what is like there's no hesitation that was how commonplace that word was was like you it would just flow into a sentence um and then explains that to her mother that she needs new clothes um and that she, and then her mom says, okay, you can only spend like $50. And that your father checks the bill, so be fucking careful. Uh, so she ends up at the mall. Um, and this...
2: Can I just say that $50 in 2005 could buy you a lot of clothes?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But, but then again, this is also Canada. They didn't, have, they didn't have an economic collapse like we did.
0: That's also true. Yeah.
2: if you watch any of those HGTV shows it's like a million dollar house in Canada is a $300,000 house in America
0: oh shit, really?
2: yeah like when um, the love it or listed people switch from being in in America they like all of a sudden could do so much more with their budgets because they're like oh your budget is $34,000 wow, okay
0: Wow, shit. I'd never even thought about that. Fuck. Um, yeah, so Manny's got her50 dollars, $50, fifty Canadian dollars at the mall. Um, and she's looking around and she's seeing a lot of like it's a lot of I, I, the only way I could describe this is that she is looking at a lot of like dismembered women. It's a lot of, like, ads of body parts. It's a lot of mannequins without heads or mannequins that are just the head as she looks at, like, a blonde wig. Um, It's a lot of just, like, that kind of, like, cut-up women body parts. I don't know how else to put it. Um, And then we also see her struggling to put on a pair of hip-huggers, and she's just trying to find clothes and getting really frustrated, and eventually she sees an outfit on a mannequin, and it ends up being the one that she wears when she goes to the agency. Um I will say as we continue into this piece of the episode I feel like this episode I think every episode desperately needs to be written by people of color, but I think this one in particular desperately needs it because I feel like it is so like disparate in terms of like what it's trying to say. Like it feels like The writers just really, really downplayed the race aspect of what is going on in here, especially when she's grabbing the blonde wig Mm -hmm. and things like that, because it's like I just once again, I just wish somebody who was not from the usual writer pool, because I'm assuming it's from the same crew that writes all the other episodes. I just wish that there was... I feel like this episode really... I think every episode that they don't have and they try to talk about race, it really falls apart. But I think this one just... It would have brought a different type of weight to a lot of what is happening that would have been important.
1: Yeah.
0: But she goes to the agency. She begs the secretary to get uh, get into a test shot. Um, they are really demeaning about it, saying when they call the agent saying that it's pest control, um, and then when she's doing her test shot, the agent is loudly chomping on an apple while they're filming, and this is also where I feel like if the writer, if the writers really tried to look at this from a race perspective, this also would have been a little better, because she's, like, trying to tell Manny that she doesn't have an it factor, and says that she's, like, milk. (laughs) <laughs> and, like, right, And it's just like, this isn't that feels more like what would happen if Paige was doing that. Yes, like, that's what Paige's feedback would be. That's what Emma's feedback would be. yeah, That's not the coded language that that Manny would receive realistically. It's not the coded language that, which would also be a different type of coded language, would be what Hazel would receive. Like, it's this this thing. And I think that the only moment that almost considered, like, almost was like, oh, maybe they were thinking about this, was that really awful comment that the agent makes saying that Manny eats too many rice and beans. Yeah. Which was, but like, even then, it, it didn't truly explore it as a potential microaggression for Manny to go through.
1: Yeah. For that, the writer's about to know what a microaggression is. Oh,
0: oh. <laughs> Give them a multiple choice question. Like, <laughs> like, okay, here you go. Try and answer this. Um, but, yeah, it, like it just, once again, it just feels like if it was written from a certain perspective, we would have had an entirely different episode, but with the same scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, it's not what happens. So we go outside, uh, Manny almost gets hit by a bus. When she looks in the back of the bus, she sees an ad for plastic surgery. Um, and she immediately calls Emma and tells her to meet her downtown. So we end up at the plastic surgery office. Um, I feel like the plastic surgery plot just feels so... of the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's really what this sh- show... Is. like. What makes it so weird watching it now Mm -hmm. when, like, you know, in today's, like, popular culture curves are really a thing. Right. Like, back then, it was just, like, it wasn't heroin chic, like, in the 90s, but it was still, like, real thin.
0: It was, like, big, big titty thigh gap.
1: I feel like that's more now. Because I I feel like the, the... the model for women back then was more like very thin, like Paris Hilton and yeah, and, and Nikki whatever her name is, I forget Nikki Hilton. Oh,
0: Nicole Richie. Nicole Richie. Nicole Richie. Nicole
2: Richie. And you will
0: you will do to remember it. No, no, no. I was I was helping <laughs> I was helping Frank because there is there was a Nikki Hilton and then there was a Nicole Richie and those are two separate people, but I just wanted to give him a little bit of a. A little bit of the doubt, because he was right. That was one of the Hilton sisters. Um, there were a
2: lot of like, like now I feel like um, people go for like the lip fillers because people because the Kardashians said, "Hey, you don't have to be white. We don't look at us."
0: Right, right. The the plastic-
2: back then boob jobs were like quote unquote the thing like boob jobs yeah. and if you were older, Botox like those were like the. Things that, like, celebrities did, but, like, people always talked about Right, people doing.
0: Right, and, like, liposuction. I just
2: remember, yeah, liposuction. I remember when Rod Stewart's daughter got a boob job, and then she got her boobs, like, the implants taken out, and then she sent them to someone.
0: Oh, amazing. Um, some amazing. other,
2: like, like, he was, like, the son, I think, of, like, an oil big guy or whatever. I don't know. They yeah. know hotels too. They were like these greasy dudes. They just and don't make tablets in- like they used to. Oh, we really don't. You don't see one of the Jenners sending fake boobs.
0: No. But um. But uh, yeah.
2: My butt fat. They put in my lips. Here you go,
0: Justin Bieber. <sighs> Can you imagine?
2: Is it
1: is is it kind of like a modernized version of Van Gogh's ear?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Here, here's my butt fat.
2: Here, Kim Stewart, you know, here are my fake boobs. Right. Other celebrity hair who never did anything to get their fame or money. Yeah. The
1: thing is, like, he's like, oh, it's gonna take this much for breast augmentation and for the, the liposuction and... Manny puts down a deposit of six grand,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: he's like, okay, we also need parental approval.
2: <laughs> right. I, think no, I was gonna say, hey, kid, you're, you're 16, I'm not just gonna give you a boob job.
0: Right, I think what's very, like, Frank, I think what might speak to how you are so, like, uh, about this, and, like, I think that it is kind of a weird thing to look at, is how, like, he he was very much like, well... Like, he kind of, like, the way that he, he kind of broke down her body into, like, almost like an algorithm. Yeah. And I feel like that that happens a lot in that field, because it's just like, well, if you do this, and if you add this, then you're going to get this. And it's just, like, it's, like, very weird from, from an outside perspective who's not, like, in that field or anything. to just kind of be like, oh, you really are just, like, well, like, you're making a character slider here.
1: Well, what's, what's funny is it reminds me of the commentary mm-hmm. on like, the Office DVDs, and I swear this isn't a non-sequitur, where, like, characters would say stuff about the, the women's bodies, and, like, the women doing the commentary like, yeah, where does that joke come from? Like, do you guys actually, like, have us, like, broken down into, like, various parts and whatnot? And, like, that feels weird, and so did this. Like, Yeah. And especially because it's, like, you know, a young girl. Like, ugh. So we leave that uncomfortable scene (laughs) Um, for another uncomfortable scene. Right. Um.
0: So we end up at school. Manny is talking to Peter awkwardly about a history project. Um, And then Peter's like, hey, I got a movie project. Um, They eventually bring up the agent. She says that the agent conversation didn't go great. Um, And then he's like, yeah, but like maybe this being on a film with me will help you. And also, like, hey, come to this party. (laughs) Right? I love that. Being on a film with me. Random 16-year-old
2: whose mom is the principal of a school.
0: It's just like, once again, his. I feel like what I hate so much about him is that he has the ego of a boy in his position. Like, and I think that is what irritates me so much is that he is so unrepentant and, like,
2: he also he has the vibe that even if he is not actively wearing a polo, he is emotionally wearing a polo.
1: Shirt. <laughs> Joey, that is the perfect descriptor ever <laughs> for this douchebag. You're totally right. <laughs> um, yeah, and the funny thing is, is I was just like, wow, I don't think they're gonna be able to top Rick for a villain. This guy's somehow worse than Rick already. <laughs> I-,
0: I think once again, it's like.
1: Or at least equal.
0: (laughs) I would say they're equal. I think Rick... I don't know. They're both shitbags. I I feel like if we tried to do a bracket, I don't think I could do it. I think I'd be like, they both suck.
1: Yeah, no, I'm saying... Well, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I think... I will say that, like, at least they were trying to be... While I don't think they executed season four very well, I do think that they were making interesting attempts at commentary about a lot of things. Peter just pisses me the fuck off. Yeah. Like...
1: He's, he's, I'm, go, I'm going to take Joey's excellent descriptor and add a little bit. He's white male purge in a polo.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, like, back then, probably a double polo. Oh. Remember that? Remember when people thought that was a good idea to wear two polos in two different colors?
1: He's, he's.
2: Remember,
0: he, there was a, um, it was a parody by Lipton
2: ice tea about these three, like, It was a rap video about, like, Lipton Iced Tea, and there were these three, like, white dudes in, like, the double polos, like, rapping about them being, like, super waspy and, like, making fun of Watts while also, like, advertising Iced Tea. It was actually really catchy. But, yeah, I feel like once that commercial came out, they should have stopped because, you know, like, it's when you're effectively, like, everyone is laughing at you and saying, you look like a fucking douche, And... And,
0: like, that's when it should stop. Yeah. Agreed.
1: Peter's the feeling you get when you see somebody wearing socks and sandals. Ugh.
0: (laughs) Anyway. uh. Anyway. Anyway. So, um, yeah. So, he invites her to a party. She turns it down and is like, oh, but, like, Emma is interested. Um, And then, but still he's like, well, in case you change your mind. And, like, writes... His, writes the address on her hand, and it's just like Manny's trying so fucking hard to set them up. He's such a fucking creep during the entire time, and it's like it's tough to watch. It's very tough to watch, and I feel like it's it's weird because like part of me is like, am I responding this way because I'm an adult and I know number one, I I've like you know I've watched the show, I know what happens, but number two, as an adult, I have seen this boy before and I know that he is bad news. But then I remember, I fucking hated Peter watching this show.
2: I Like, I was like 15 and like,
0: ew. I fucking hated him. I didn't find him charismatic. I didn't find him interesting. I, every time I would rewatch, I would be like, oh fuck, now that he's a principal character, my enjoyment is gonna drop. Like, I legitimately did not like this kid, and I...
2: I think, um, this was the last season of Degrassi I actually watched, and I feel like Peter was, like, a big part of that reason.
0: Yeah, it, it was tough for me. Like, I didn't drop off for a while, but I, I stuck with it for a very, 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 very long time, honestly. Um, you will probably figure out when, you could kind of pinpoint when I dropped the series and when I picked it back up again, but, um... It was- it was tough with him. Like, anytime there was a Peter fly, I'd be like, oh, fucking hell. Like, great. But- It's just- ugh. It, It's- he's- ugh. But anyway, but yeah, like, what I'm getting at is, like, I did not even like him as a kid. Like, he's irritating. Uh, at- at the bare minimum, he is irritating. At the most, he's a fucking monster. But, um, so, she tries really hard. He writes his hand- the- he writes- the address anyway sorry guys I have a cold I'm trying my best um and then we end up at Manny's again and Manny walks into her parents quietly having a meal and they just kind of glare at her um and, Ma- and her mom brings up the call and honestly this part like really ugh, like it was tough because uh her dad just kind of comes comes over and like like Just goes off at her, calling her a loose girl, calling her a slut, and calling her all these awful things. And, like, the body language in this really fucking freaked me out. In the sense that, like, he is trying to get so close into her personal space while still, like, not touching her. Um, and it's just, like, very... I mean, as somebody who's gone through, like, emotional abuse, I'm, like, looking at it, I'm like, Ah, yes, this is normal for that. That's great. That's good.
1: Yeah, he's the bully.
0: Right. He's just trying to demean her, and in the process of demeaning her, control her. Um, and it's really tough to watch, quite frankly. Like, honestly, like, this, these pieces of the episode were when I really was, like, shaken up. Um, there's just, like, this tension in the air. And I don't know what it is. Like, it feels like Degrassi weirdly knows how to nail tension with, like, dads doing bad stuff. Um... But, man, it, it's tough. It's tough to watch. Um, and they bring up that they know about the credit card charge. They know that what she's trying to do with the plastic surgeon. Um, and Manny storms out. She's crying. And she looks at her hand. And that's and then we know where she's going to end up. So yeah.
1: She, um, she does head over to Emma's. Yeah. Like, um, which I... If, for all the shittiness of this episode with Peter, I'm glad to see the Emma-Manny team returning. Um, but also, like, and just a quick side bit, like, how much must it suck for his assistant to call the Santos household and be like, hey, we need parental consent for this thing.
0: Also, like, why is parental consent a phone call? Yeah, yeah. Right, like I'm just kind of sitting there, like you know, this is all well and good, but also related. Ow. Oh, somebody got overstimulated in Frank's arms. Guess what? It was Dahlia. She
1: just bit with them. <laughs> she does that anyway. Um, so w- did they ever say where this party is?
0: I don't know if there's really an established location because if this it's is a very big place,
1: because this is at like Miss ha- Miss Hassellockus's house. One like. Man, teachers and or principals in Canada get paid a lot more. And two, what the fuck is that fully stocked bar she has?
0: Right. Right, it straight up looked like they were at um, a bar. Excuse me, in her
2: defense, if I were a teacher at Degrassi, I would have a fully stocked bar in my home.
1: You know Fair enough. You know what I'm thinking? I think this is his dad's place. This, this nameless father who we have not seen yet. Because Miss has would just parge in and be like, hey, all of you get the fuck out. Yep. Um. So. Um. The party starts rollicking. People are drinking. Manny asks to borrow some vodka.
0: Yeah, just. Oh boy, just like drinking like a plastic just a bottle. Just vodka. Just a plastic bottle of vodka. I'm just going to pour it to a cup periodically.
1: Um, She's
0: trying. And then, oh.
1: Um,
0: just, uh,
1: eventually, I can't, I, oh. eventually Manny and Peter go into a side room, and uh, Manny is quite intoxicated. He Peter, makes
0: a comment, he calls her, like, little girl lost, and she's like, I'm not a little girl. And I'm like, oh, I don't like this.
1: This was, oh,
0: oh. this was so. It's very bad, I don't like this. I feel it. Okay,
1: let's just pull it off like a band-aid. She flashes Peter. Peter's filming it.
0: But and it's it should also be noted. He is fucking sober. We never yeah. see him with a fucking drink the whole entire thing. He's literally being a fucking little creep with his fucking camcorder, recording the whole fucking party for his nefarious purposes. And he is stone-cold sober when Manny's clearly not, and... I'm sorry, he's an irredeemable piece of shit.
1: Yeah, he's a predator. He sucks.
0: He <laughs> fucking sucks. Uh, but yeah, like, she, she's clearly hurt, and she's clearly, like, you know, lashing out because of the shit that she's gone through. She straight up says, like, I'm pretty sure she straight up says, like, my dad called me a slut. Like, she's clearly really affected by it, and he just fucking films it while she's having Like, she is filming her mental breakdown.
1: Yeah. And, um... Yeah, oh god, okay.
0: (laughs) Alright, end of first episode. Great.
1: Yeah, um, I... For as much as that said, I did enjoy watching Manny drunkenly climb into Emma's window.
0: Well, yeah, so this part's actually pretty funny. This... I feel like... Portrayals of drunkenness are always (laughs) hit or miss, but this felt... More right than others.
1: And it really also felt like Cassie Steele is just... Like, fuck it, I'll just go for it with the physical stuff because she was like just upside down at certain points Yeah, and like It
0: uh, was fucking graceless and great. <laughs> but yeah, she just like fucking tumbles into the fucking uh, Emma's basement Emma's basement room. Um, and she's just like she's she has no volume control, which was I was very endeared by. I like, heard just like kind of yelling and Emma being like shh in the process. Um And Emma is mad, in typical Emma fashion, because the world revolves around fucking Emma, because she found out that Manny went upstairs with with Peter. Fucking one-track mind. Oh my god,
2: because everything
0: has to be about Emma. It always fucking does. This is the most consistent characterization. Is the fact that the world revolves around fucking Emma Nelson.
1: The only way this this characterization could be more on the nose of Degrassi if she was just, no, no I'm not gonna say it, never mind. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um. I do like this in the transcript. Emma helps her out of the hamper and they both fall on the floor. <laughs>
0: That's really good. Um,
1: so, I do enjoy Simpson just Trying to make the most of what he knows is a bad situation the next morning.
0: Oh my god. Hey, do you want my kitchen sink frittata? And Manny's just in hangover hell, just like
1: uh. <laughs> Like I did I did really enjoy Simpson the scene where he's just like, Oh, you know what I just got a I also had a fun phone call with
0: your mom. Yeah, he's just had a time. <laughs> he is always
2: like the 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 flat thing with Simpson is that he always
0: Tries. <laughs> yeah, he he really fucking does. does. Is he successful? Debatable. But he. Debatable, does.
2: But you know what? He tries, which is more than can be said for a lot of adults on this show.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like it's like, yeah, there's just so many inactive or inactive to malicious parents on this fucking show.
1: Well, and like, I feel like he responds in the perfect way. Like, for me, a parent. Responding to their child underage drinking should be kind of like this. We're like, oh, you have a hangover? Let me noisily bang these pots and pans together. I'm not going to yell at you, but I am going to emphasize the fact you fucked up. think
2: <laughs> on the garbage
0: disposal, that's always a good one. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> that to be, okay, I know I said no side stories. To be fair, the one time my sister was supposed to be the DD and she ended up drinking. But then called home, my parents were super pumped because because they were like, oh, she didn't drive drunk, which my sister would never do. But they are like, my, my mom sent my dad with like a towel in case she needed to vomit and water bottles. And my, she's like, yeah, dad was super cheerful. He's like, I'm just so glad you used your head and called home.
0: I mean, <laughs> I feel like when it comes to your kids drinking, like there's so many different ways you can respond to it but ultimately if they're doing smart things like you still gotta consider it a win right like like you can you can be moan that your kid is getting older and being you know doing certain things but at the end of the day if they're doing it responsibly there are certainly worse situations to be in
1: yeah um
0: but yeah so Snake is like oh yeah your mom called Manny what did she say she hates her I I
1: hate her I hate them Um,
0: yeah like woof
1: I, I feel like Simpson should just backed out of the room with that. Yeah, point. that's when you go, Ugh. <laughs> just, just, like, point at Emma, mouth we'll talk later, and just, like, bounced.
0: <laughs> well, it's also, like, I feel like as a teacher, that's such a red flag, right? Like, if a kid is pissed off at a parent, yeah, there might be tension, but to actively not come home, that is worrisome. Yeah. Like, what what is going on that this kid is not oh. coming home? Yeah. Like that that to me is something that I'm very like ugh about as a educator because it's like especially when it's just like it's not like they were just kinda like hanging out and like having like a fucking sleepover together. It's like no, something something is not right.
1: Yeah.
0: No. And it's worrisome, especially when you have her punctuate saying that she hates her mom, she hates her parents with like such vitriol, it's like, ugh, something is happening here.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: we end up at the lockers, uh, um, Uh, Manny says that she, you know, she really can't remember very much of last night, Peter said, like, oh yeah, well, I'm totally sober, um, and then she's like, well, why didn't you stop filming me if you were fucking sober, like, dumbass, um, and he then begins to try and start this extorting business, uh and, it's just, he's fucking gross. He's a terrible little man.
1: Yep. Hey, I don't know what else to say. Uh, Satan's mouth, get ready for a new entrant along with uh, Rick. Um, uh, I just kind of want to burn through the rest of this plot. That's so fair. we can get to the B plot. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Manny, Emma and Manny are having another conversation. Emma is freaking out because Manny told Peter uh, he emma likes her likes him then miss haslokos reveals that manny's mother is there yeah and we get a just super another uncomfortable conversation yeah um, it's
0: fucking terrifying this conversation honestly it is one of the most terrifying conversations that have happened in the show
1: until you swear to do what he says and give up acting your father's will only get worse he'll get more angry That is the most unhealthy thing I've ever think I've heard a mother say on a TV show.
0: It's also got that really scary angle of it, and like I've I've unfortunately witnessed this firsthand, um, where the wife has to speak on behalf of the husband, because the husband is so fucking emotionally unable to do fucking shit, that she has to become the mouthpiece. and She herself is most likely, let's be real here, a survivor of his wrath as well.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and she is playing go-between between her kid. It's just, it's fucked up. It's fucked up and it happens all the fucking time. And, like, it, it's... She really is not mincing words here. She is literally saying, like, your father was furious afterwards, your father will continue to be... Um, and you know you could kind of read between the lines, like if, if Manny's not there to get the brunt of it, then it's 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 her.
1: No. <sighs> okay.
0: And and her mo- and like Emma's kind of like creeping into the scene a little bit, and that's around when her mom says like you know oh you should probably stay at Emma's, and Emma's like yeah we could probably arrange that. Um, And her mom is like, you know, you have to be ready to go home. And and this also just fucks me up because it's like, it's this really manipulative piece of it where it's like Manny's on the precipice of identifying the fact that she is being mistreated, but the cycle is still going back home in the sense of trying to pull her back in. Mm. And they're... Portraying it as this is your home and this is where you're supposed to be, you need to act right so that you can get back there. And it's just this really fucked up, very real situation, which is like, in spite of some of the flaws of this episode, it's a lot of the beats that they're hitting with emotional abuse is actually really well done and fucks me up.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't like watching this episode, I did not enjoy it, but it... Hits rings true and it's, and it's just well done in certain aspects. Yeah. So.
0: <sighs> so Manny sneaks into the boys' changing room and she's rifling through Peter's stuff, trying to find the camera. And this fucking creep is fucking filming her going through his shit. I fucking hate this little man.
1: Welcome to scary night, no- convers I'm <gasps> sorry, Joy.
2: man and how they just tried it like they don't even like just fucking just they're like oh no god uh, Peter, peter's good now it's fine look at him look look we, we, we redeemed him because i don't know he's supposed to be an attractive white guy
0: it's just like he's doing things that to me i mean it's similar to like rick it's like there is no redemption for what the fuck you're doing right now yeah there is no redemption you don't get like you don't get second chances for this shit i'm sorry I understand that this is a child and in theory, like if I was in an educator perspective, there would be a slightly different approach. But like as entertainment value, I'm like, get this fucking monster off of here. Um, and then the thing is, is that Manny is identifying that he's being terrible and calls him a freak. And then immediately you, her face just falls when she fucking realizes that like she has now screwed herself over. Because she actually called out when a man was being disgusting. And it's like, how fucked up that, number one, uh, a girl has to be shamed through this again, Degrassi once again. It's like, oh, alcohol and sex is the devil if you're a woman in Degrassi. But also, this is a girl who habitually has been fucked over by men constantly. And the one time that she actually is identifying it, and that she is confronting a man over it, she now gets severely punished.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. She doesn't get to have a triumphant moment like Marco does.
0: No. And he then has the fucking nerve to ramp up the extortion. What was originally go on a date with me is now, oh, I've been looking at this camera that's $3,000. And he's like, you know, I know you have fucking money. Like, plastic surgery doesn't get covered by healthcare. Also, fucking irritating line. Um... And
1: he what when he up said you lie I'm just like oh man you deserve that you would catch hands
0: like he's the fucking worst and like and there's something so heartbreaking also because uh, it also really sucks because I think a piece of being disowned also is like when you get Because Manny, in many ways, this is potentially, at this point in the episode, where she's heading. It's so fucking messy. Like, most of the time, if you're in the process of getting shut out of your family, you're usually not given the, the luxury of being able to close up and tie up loose ends. And the fact that she's just like, I don't have my credit card. Like, I don't have access to my bank account. Like, my fucking father has that. It really hit home for me. Because it's like, fuck. Like, it's true. It's like, it's such a fucking messy process. And... You realize how little control, especially at her age where she is so fucking young, you realize how little control you really have over your life and how there are certain comforts sometimes in family structures even if they're fucked up and certain luxuries that come with it and when you are in the process of doing something that ultimately could be for the best, right? Her having time away from this man, her father, who apparently has a horrible temper is ultimately mentally what is best for her, but financially is fucking her over. Yeah. And it's this awful bind to be in, and it's really, really sad to see. So we see her go to the plastic surgery office, and she's trying to get her money back, but, hey, it's a credit card charge. And the and the doctor is trying to explain to her how the fuck credit cards work, because that is... <laughs> she, she's a baby!
2: It is a baby, and... Honestly, like, of of all the 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 villains in this episode, I feel like the Doctor actually is not one of
0: them. No, no, because it's like what? Also, what could he? I feel like there's literally nothing he can do because, like, credit cards, like the way that they work and everything, like, it's it's like through a third party. It's not like he's like, ah, gee, I just took this money, but I'll give it back to you, and from the old cash register, like, that's not how it fucking works. (laughs) Like,
1: I mean, exactly. I'd be really worried if the doctor was just like, oh, here's three grand in cash. Like, where the fuck did that come from? Right. But also, like, he, when he's dealing with her, as much as, like, it makes us uncomfortable, he is professional. Yeah. And, like, even now when she's, when she's trying to get, like, her money back and, like, she's, you know, being like, I'm not gonna leave. He's like, I'll just call security. Right. He... I honestly feel like this is like the Zuko award where it's like not as big a jerk as you could have been, but he doesn't say anything demeaning. He's just like, "Look, I have a shit to do. Okay.
0: Right. Right. And ultimately, like, once again, there's nothing he can do. Yeah. Like he, yeah. Okay. Maybe you can make the argument. He could have been nicer about it. But ultimately he can't give her that money because it was connected back to the credit card. So Manny learned some financial literacy today. And uh, we end up at Emma's, and they are sharing a bed um, in Emma's basement bedroom, Um, and Manny tells Emma, who is half asleep, that, like, you know, that, basically saying, like, you know, I love you no matter what happens tomorrow, and Emma is just not understanding the weight of the situation. But also, why, I feel like even if Manny told her the situation, she would be like, yeah, but Peter is my potential love interest.
1: (laughs) You're
0: not wrong. Oh, but
2: why didn't, why, why didn't Peter make me flash him for his camera?
0: Honestly? <sighs> she just does not understand. Uh,
1: honestly, I just want these two girls... To, like, I want an episode, the A-plot is just Manny and Emma go to a movie. Because, <laughs> like, I'm just so sick of these two girls getting put to the ringer. And I know we're not exactly pumped on Emma, but Emma went through some shit last year.
0: She did. She did. No, you're not wrong. <laughs>
1: Like, can these, can oh, fuck you, Degrassi. Um, though, Emma's like, oh, Emma, yeah, I was like, yeah, Emma went through
2: shit. She had chlamydia.
1: I was more talking about she watched Rick die. Oh,
2: right, that part.
1: <laughs> it's kind of hard to forget sometimes. Like,
0: forgot she was there. Well, because it's like, they don't really, I mean, they also bungle that, like, the immediate aftermath with Emma. They really bungle it, in many ways. Uh, They
2: focused, obviously, on Jimmy, and then they focused on
1: Sean, and I feel like they didn't focus as much on Emma. They didn't focus on Jimmy, actually.
2: (laughs) No, he was just... No, they they didn't. They focused on Sean, which...
1: For one episode. He
2: was the one who was there with the gun. Yeah, for one episode of that shit, Sean was
1: like, okay. And then they just kinda like, eh f- Was there a shooting? Meh, who cares? Kevin Smith's here now.
0: Kevin Smith's here, guys. <laughs> yeah, guys, look, it's Silent Bob. He'll make things better.
1: Silent Bob. Silent Bob and J Muse, and Jay Muse is hitting on a teenager.
0: <sighs> All the fucking time.
1: And then Kaelin went off with him.
0: God, remember that?
1: Oh, okay, let's well, not talk about season four.
0: Yeah, no, we, we've already, we, we have, that the rest.
1: We have scary conversation number five in this fucking two-parter to talk about, which is Manny confronts Peter um, at lunch or before school or something and I guess it's lunch? Yeah, because she spills the entire tray on him, which fucking he deserves to get like shanked. Yeah. Well the
0: thing um, is is like he's like she's like, I don't have the money, so let's go on a date. He's like, Well you call me a freak, so I'm not gonna go on a date. She's like
2: so fuck you. So basically you were never gonna fucking do anything. You just wanna lord this over me.
0: Right. Exactly. Um he like, you know, she says that he's fucking gross. And he calls her an attention whore, and she tosses his fucking lunch tray on him. And as soon as he does, he's like, yo, I got this cool new Palm Pilot, look at me, I'm gonna go send this video now, ha 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 ha!
1: And then he sends the video <clears throat> to, and it gets sent to everyone. And the next scenes are just people catcalling Manny, though I did enjoy the bit with Toby and, and JT.
0: Yeah, so, like, she she walks into kind of that entryway of, of Degrassi, and she sees a bunch of people, like, a bunch of boys, specifically, kind of, like, looking at their phones and looking up at her. And also, I feel like this is also an important moment in terms of, like, how this show has, like, the scope of this show, in the sense that we are now in a world where video messaging is a thing, mm-hmm. and, like it, it, it kind of speaks to how technology, like, how now the writers have to figure out how to use technology in this sense. Because mm-hmm. this shit happens... This happened even in the middle school that I worked at last year. I think we had, like, two or three incidents like this.
1: This is a plot point in the Power Rangers movie.
0: It happens all the time. And it's, like, it's it sucks to say that, but it's, like, it, it is a constant issue. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, she sees and JT on a laptop, she's really nervous, but it turns out they're watching what a chimpanzee putting like finger up their S- ass. S-
1: Smelling its own butt or something. Yeah, some shit. I'm I'm sure like JT saw that email pop into his email and like deleted it immediately. He's like, I'm gonna get murdered by Liberty if I open up what the fuck that is.
0: You're probably right. Like <laughs> it was just like, oh man.
1: Okay, but actually, this new JT, I would honestly say, like, he's like, mmm, no. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I could actually see him receiving the, this point in time. I could see him receiving that email, going, mm, "That looks like that might be a little suspicious." Delete. Yeah, you know meanwhile Toby opens it. Growth. Yes, it's but, true. Wait, I'm sorry. Growth. Yeah. Growth. Oh. <laughs> growth. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um. Toby would open it.
1: Yeah. Um, and I'm very disappointed in Jimmy in the next scene.
0: Yeah, it's really fucking gross. It's really gross. Um.
1: Not disappointed in Craig, though.
0: I'm a little disappointed in Craig. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we end up at the computer lab, and Jimmy and Craig get the video, and what I also find really off-putting about this whole entire sequence, and also the sequence before, is the music is very light-hearted. Yeah. So it's, it's meant to, whether, in like, you know, what, like, you know, regardless of what the writers are trying to pull from it, like, the way that they use this very light-hearted music makes it come off like a joke. Yeah. Because the email comes out, it's called Degrassi Girls Gone Wild, um, which is also such a relic of the time period. It really is. Like, oh my god. Hey,
1: remember how that guy got sued on a bunch of shit and I think he's facing criminal charges?
0: Pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, I think so.
1: Um, damn, that guy sucked. Um, yeah,
0: I say. But, um. Also a predator. <laughs> yeah! God fucking damn it. But, uh, but yeah, all the boys are watching the video and freaking out. Ugh. Fucking Jimmy's gross ass line about how much Manny has grown.
1: Hey, um, just real quick. Super fun you made your only personal color. Say that. Just throw that out there, Gervasi. Fuck you.
0: Well, he's not the only person of color, but is he our only... Boy. Boy, man of color?
1: Yes. Fuck.
0: There's, there's Danny. God. Danny was not even <laughs> in this up
1: Dan, And once again, Danny falls under the liberty this umbrella Danny of... Danny
2: is never... Yeah, Danny is considered, like, constantly a guest. Like, he never gets a me
0: Ugh.
1: so well, anyway so I like to call yeah this, no
0: I agree
1: I like to call this the, the, the disappointment gauntlet cause I'm just disappointed in everybody for the next few scenes
0: right and like Craig looks away but he still like peeks
1: well he he does tr- he calls out Jimmy he's like that's not funny like the joke he makes my
0: problem is is when he peeks it kind of like invalidates that statement yeah but but you know it is true he does try to call it out yeah He's just... I also, like, at the end of the day, it's like, as much as I'm disappointed, it's like, this is a presumably straight boy looking at a pair of titties. Like...
1: Uh... Um... So then, uh, we cut to Spirit Squad, um, and a bunch of girls come mm-hmm. in laughing, and they point out that they make fun of Manny for her video, and... It, Real disappointing you, Paige. Paige fires Manny from the Spirit Squad.
0: Also, like... Right, that
2: pissed me off so much. Like, I agree! Everything. I feel everything, like, but I feel like... Of all the contention between her and Manny, just, like, over... over the years, like... Like, really? It, it still came to that?
0: I feel like what I hate in particular is the fact that like it feels like sometime in season four there was this decision with Paige that they just straight up went we're gonna stop caring about the fact that she's like a survivor of sexual assault and we're gonna stop caring about the fact that like originally even even though she was like the Queen bee type she ultimately like deeply respected and loved women it was this very, it felt like a very conscious decision that they were like, we're just gonna trash what we did and we're gonna rework her to kind of suit our needs. Like, it it just doesn't feel like the page of a couple seasons ago.
1: Yeah. Uh, I agree. Like, the page of season one would have scorched the earth, like, for many, yeah. <laughs> like, on this one.
0: Yeah, like I like, I feel like that's when the rivalry would, like, you know, they would just kind of pause for a second and be like, yo, that was fucked up. Yeah. Like, I don't think Paige would handle it perfectly, but I don't think she would have fired Manny immediately. And I understand that they're trying to, at least with Paige, they're trying to angle this as Paige is trying to, like, make herself look marketable to a college, colleges, because, like, throughout the B plot, she's, like, doing a lot of, like, looking at a resume and things like that. But it's still like, it's just fucked. It just doesn't feel right. And and I feel like it just further reiterates how like, because I feel like this would be such an important moment for Manny and Paige to connect, right? Because they both were coerced by men, brought upstairs at a party, and then were humiliated for it because they were assaulted. And I feel like that's a moment that these two could actually have a deep connection over or at least some sort of complicated connection with. Yeah, And it just, they just entirely decided at some point in season four, they're like, fuck it. And it's really disappointing.
1: Yeah. And then we continue on the disappointment bus to Emma, where Emma gets angry at Manny for being assaulted.
0: And this is, like, immediate, too. Like, this is literally like she walks out of the fucking gym and then Emma's there.
1: And Emma says... Emma tells Manny...
0: Yeah, like, she was just fucking waiting. Ready to sink her closet. Oh,
1: man, I can't wait to bully her... I can't wait to really hurt Manny. Right. (laughs) Good job, Emma. Um, Emma tells Manny she hates her, and Manny is left to cry, and I'm left to hate the Degrassi writers just a little bit more.
0: Right. Right. Um, yeah. So, we end up at Manny's, and... Mandy tries to approach her dad, and then, once again, I'm, like, fucking activated watching this, because he is doing this horrible thing where, like, he top- he makes her mom be the mouthpiece. Ugh. And, man, that just really fucks me up, honestly. Like, in, in such a specific, unfortunate way. Man, this is, like... Ugh, it's really hard.
1: Don't normally, watch. like, normally I watch these episodes, like, four or five days in advance before we record. Like, I knew what was coming, and, like, we were supposed to record on Tuesday, and we yeah. didn't end up recording. And I was just like, I can't, I, like, I can't watch Manny suffer this much, and it was just, this was so fucking hard. Um,
0: yeah, it's just, it's also sucks, because we've spent how many seasons watching Manny get, like her world collapse
1: yeah so manny's thrown out of the house
0: yeah um
1: it sucks like
0: it fucking sucks it just does um and it also sucks because manny also talks about how acting made her feel good yeah and like so much of manny's Plots have kind of diluted to Manny being fucking miserable and never happy and everything blowing up and her not feeling that she can ever be happy and it just- I'm fucking tired, man! It's been how many seasons? I have to watch this girl once again get her fucking, like, life ruined? And I get it. Like, it's Degrassi, it's dramatic, and that's how it works. But, like, I feel like the way that she has been beaten down is such a specific- horrible way like she never gets a reprieve she never gets a win
1: no
0: what has she fucking had i mean yeah okay you can say she started a movie that is significant
1: she ended the worst relationship the show has seen so far
0: yeah (laughs) i mean like she like it's just like what what i feel like you can't put a character through every single one of these fucking trials without any wins. And I feel like she has had very little to none. Yeah. And it's worrisome when you spend season after season after season watching this kid go through all this fucked up shit and then talk about how miserable she is all the time. Yeah. It's sad. Um, but yeah, so acting is not for a decent girl, according to your dad. And he talks through the, her mom to say that she's disowned. Um, we end up outside. Manny's approaching Emma's house and she passes off the clothes that she borrowed um, and she reveals that she got kicked out. Um, <sighs> Do you have the transcript up? Emma says, like, weird shit.
1: Okay, I'm just gonna read it. Yeah. Manny, uh, Manny said, here are the clothes you let me. I know I have other stuff of yours too, but Emma, you probably lost it all. Don't know what the fuck that means. Right. Um, Manny, but I got kicked out. I don't know for how long. Maybe for good. Emma, I screwed up so bad. I lost my family, my reputation, my best friend. Emma, just wait. Manny, it's hard to watch you sometimes. You have everything going for you, and you just c- keep screwing it up pretty spectacularly.
0: Like, what's going for her?
1: Manny, if it'd be easy if I was you, M, skinny, blonde, Emma, Manny, that's a bunch of crap and you know it. That is not what this is about. Hey, Emma. I know you really like activism and whatnot. And, like, Spike has tried to instill feminist values in you. There's a little thing called white privilege. And you are living it. (laughs) Right. And you need to recognize it. And you need to shut up.
0: <laughs> well, I don't even think the writers are, are recognizing it, either. Like, that feels like the missing piece, right? Like, that feels like the missing, like, like thing in the conversation. It's like, it's just not there.
2: It's just rough. It's just rough. And Peter is the devil, and, uh...
0: Uh, yeah.
1: So, last uh, scenes.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we end up...
1: Yeah. Uh, we're back at school.
0: Yeah, um, gross men are wolf whistling at Manny. Uh,
1: Peter tries to be shitty. Um, oh no, he tr- uh, <laughs> he tries to make an excuse for himself, just like Rick. Um, and then Miss Hazelhacker shows up. Calls him the fuck out, and that's when it's revealed he's her son, and, like, just is so pissed off at him. It's not enough. She
2: wishes he wasn't. I'm sorry? And she wishes he wasn't.
0: Right. God. Yeah, this is, like, oh, you you can tell there's something bad happening here. There is something not right going on.
1: I do like how she, like, she doesn't say anything to Manny, like, well, she should talk to Manny later, but, like, I do like she, that she points out that, like, she says, how could you do something so heartless? Right. Like, I do
0: appreciate that, too.
1: Yeah, there's no, like, cause, like, that was the thing about Rick that always, Rick's mother that always bothered me. There's, I will ca- always care about my child- but then there's always but then there's like I will put blinders onto what they've done. Right. Miss goes probably cares about Peter in some way.
2: hmm
1: But what like, is like, you are a shithead.
0: Right. Like what you did is just disgusting. Right. It's yeah, I do I do agree that I appreciate that like she as an administrator is not coming toward Maddie because that also happens all the fucking time. And it's really fucking upsetting because it's like the the person being filmed gets in so much trouble, um, and it really does not talk about the what's happening literally behind the scenes. Which so like I'm really glad that like Hasselakos like was really putting her foot down on like Peter, you're the one who fucked up.
1: Yeah. <sighs> All right. But
0: that's yeah. Uh, but yeah, they Emma and Manny hold hands. Uh, Emma says that there's going to be ground rules. I'm like, oh, maybe we'll have a boundaries talk that will be useful. And then, of course, no, it's typical teenage fair of we will never lie to each other ever again. <laughs> and also, like, what was it, Emma? What was Manny really lying about? Manny wasn't lying. Manny was trying to get Peter to pay attention to to Emma. Manny was legitimately trying. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but she wasn't trying to steal him. She wasn't very drunk. Had Manny been sober, none of that would have happened.
0: Right, exactly. Like, every single step of the way. Manny Manny has
2: been, like, Manny's been the other woman.
0: Right. And
2: she's been, like, in turn cheated on because she thought that, because she didn't want to be, like, a side piece.
0: Right. Like, this is the part that I got so bad.
2: Yeah,
0: Manny would never do that to anyone. Right. And it's also like, Manny, like, I Manny- I just don't
2: understand why everyone assumes the worst of Manny.
0: Yeah. I mean, I understand why certain char- certain characters do because of just the bullshit hierarchies and shit of high school, but it's also like, every fucking character? Like, that's the thing, and that's the part that devastates me about Manny, is like, nobody's going for- going to bat for her. Nobody. Nobody has really shown up for Manny, at least consistently. There may have been one or two moments, but Ebba's the fucking worst. Her her loyalty to Manny is totally conditional, and in this case, Manny's not fucking lying. She never lied, and that's the part that I hate. Oh. Ugh, anyway, oh. any other thoughts about this plot? <laughs> It's bad. I hate
1: it. It's bad.
0: I gotta blow my nose. That's how I feel.
1: I I wanna write a fanfiction where the teachers of Degrassi go to My Hero Academia, and now those teachers show up here, and then, like, they have to deal with this, and All Might just throws Peter into the fucking sun. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but the My Hero teachers are complicit because they don't kick out Mineta. Fair enough. Yeah. That kid doesn't get expelled. Alright, so let's finally talk about this B-plot. We gotta speed-read this, because Joey has places to be. So, uh, we open up with an uh, iconic line in which Paige is referring to the senior class as the most cursed class, um, and she, and just kinda is like, wow, we're fucking alive, which is kind of really funny. Um,
1: it But there is this amazing opening shot of the Euchre crew, like, walking in a line.
0: Euchre crew plus a couple people, but Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yes, this is exactly what I remember most
0: about the season, is because this was what they used in the promos for it. It's a pretty fucking good moment. It's like a good little, like, break in the fourth wall kind of moment. I quite like it. And I'm somebody who's very conditional about jokes like this. Yeah. But I feel like it's necessary in Degrassi.
1: Um.
0: We end up in Hasselakos' office, and we are seeing Hasselakos tell Spinner that he's allowed to come back into school. This is his final chance. And Spinner tries to greet his old friends, and they immediately walk away. I'm
1: unsure what grade he is in. Um, yeah. But...
0: he's repeating 11th grade. Yeah. Sounds uh, about right. I mean, that would make sense.
1: Marco has a terrible mustache.
0: Marco has a terrible mustache. But he
1: did get to go on tour. He did get to go on his internship over the summer, which yeah, I'm happy about. But
0: now he's that enlightened white boy who is like, oh, I went on a safari, and look at all these, like, kind of African... Like, yeah, the concepts I have learned. Oh, you know. Which, like, he is a child. Yeah. But man, honey, 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 that's not the point. That's not the point of your trip. Anyway, so, um, we're at school and our, part of our Euchre crew of Ellie, Jimmy, and Marco are wondering if Ashley is going to be coming back. Um, and they are wondering, is she going to come back to surprise Craig on his birthday? Um... And Ellie is super distraught because they don't have any birthday plans for Craig. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, she's like, oh, shit, we really got to try and figure this out.
1: Yeah. Um, And she gets an email from uh, Ashley um, saying, hey, I met a dude. And I'm not coming home.
0: Yeah, like, there's this, like, picture of her with this British boy named Alistair, a.k.a. Ally, and basically she's going to finish up school in England. Which I guess makes sense because her dad does live out there, so it's not, like, a entirely unrealistic thing. Yeah. But it's still, like, oh man.
1: They do point out that Craig and Ellie have been hanging out all summer.
0: Yes. Yes. Which makes sense because, like, I mean, they they been kind of on a very deeply personal journey, being in group therapy together and everything, and being that they both have a connection to Ashley, it kind of makes sense that the two of them have been spending a lot of time together.
1: I also feel like it it probably started as one of those things where, like, you know, I, I felt like this happened a lot in high school, where the three of you would make plans to get together, but then, like, but you're, like, both friends with, like, one dude, or, like, one person in the group, and then, like, that you all make plans, then that person cancels, but you two don't cancel, and then you are just, like, you have, like, one hangout where you're
0: like, oh, no, we actually do
1: kind of click together.
0: Right, right. It it works for me in, to a certain extent. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, Joey just sent me something extremely cursed. <laughs>
1: uh, so... So here's the thing, I, I do, like, want to talk about this, but, like, this this plot is so simple, I feel like we can just talk about the highlight, the, the, kind of like a highlight reel of it. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, the, the entirety of the plot is that Craig finds out that Ashley emailed Ellie and said, I'm not coming home, and then he's angry that everybody knew but him. Right. And, um, like, but eventually Ellie and Craig make up at the end. And Ellie joins the band as the new drummer.
0: Yeah. I I kinda like a piece of this plot a bit in the sense of like I feel like this unin- I feel like this is a really subtle look at how crushes work. In the sense of like, you spend all this time with this person, you really, really like this person, and suddenly you're really fucking invested in like their birthday and like throwing their birthday, and it's like, you didn't care about this last year like this, and it's like the fact is you have a crush.
1: Somebody just clicked for me about college. Um.
0: (laughs) This has happened to me recently. But, like, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, you're, like, all of a sudden you're really invested in this person. It's, like, hmm, why are you so invested in this person? Is this really just because you're friends? And it's, like, sometimes it's not that. Sometimes you have a crush. Yeah. And, like, sometimes you're the last person to know.
1: And what I really did enjoy about this B-plot is that Ellie refuses to back down.
0: Yeah. I agree. I And I think that this is a conundrum to be in, right? And this feels like a very Ellie type of conundrum in the sense of, like, she was given instruction from Ashley, a person that is her very good friend. Don't tell Craig. I'm going to do it. She's like, okay, I'm going to fucking roll with this because this is what you're telling me to do. And, like, I feel like that's, like, a difficult question, and I feel like that's something even adults have been through, where it's like, and I mean, you make a conscious decision, right? Mm-hmm. Some people make the decision to tell, some people make the decision to don't. Uh, anyway, let's talk about Ellie having a crush. That seemed better. Uh,
2: I mean, it, it's, it's like that. I mean, everyone is mystified by Craig's enormous dick, apparently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say this. Ellie, in theory, knows a side of Craig that other people don't because of group therapy and stuff. So, like, maybe, maybe it's not just the enormous dick. Maybe it's the vulnerability she sees during that. I don't know. But I also, I like... I also feel
2: like, though, um, that Craig probably, like, while he should be in a group therapy, I feel like he should be a more specialized group therapy I agree. for people who are bipolar. I agree. Because the, we, we are different from, you know, the unipolars, as no one calls you.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Like, that, that also was something I was very intrigued by, because it sounded like it was just, like, the group that he he got into with Ellie is literally just mentally ill children.
2: Ah <laughs> uh, yes. The, uh, mental Ill- uh, Hannibal Buress mental illness is the same.
0: Right, like... Which, like, imagining it from, like, my perspective, if I was in a fucking group, if I was in group therapy with my shit, and I was with, like, people who were, like, I don't want to be, like, knocking people who just have depression and anxiety. But let's say, like, it was, like, me and then a person with depression and anxiety. I feel like I would just be like, I'm fucking gone. Like, I would just fucking leave. I would just be like, I can't do this. I'm sorry. Like, I just can't imagine getting, like, trying to play nice in that setting. I just feel like I would just lose it.
2: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Same. I would not be able to.
0: Source, I go to group. It's very specific.
1: Um... Yeah. So
0: There's also this undercurrent of Spinner. Yeah. Where Spinner is trying to connect and he basically is like, Oh, you need a venue, you can use the dot and things like that and everyone's just kinda like, Fuck you, buddy.
1: Well, I mean they do take him up on it. Yeah. But he but he when he makes it apparent that he is not technically in attendance. Right. Um The the thing is, like, I feel like though this is Still a pattern for Spinner, where, like, it's the nice Spinner we get to see occasionally before he inevitably fucks something up again.
0: Right. Well, also, he's being nice for his own gain. Yeah. Like, we're not necessarily seeing... I feel like there's this sense of entitlement with the whole entire idea of even wanting to go back and wanting to go back to this friend group, right? Like... There is this piece of, like, I am looking for redemption by being able to finish things up as if I had n- not screwed up. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, and that's the fucking problem. It's like, this, this isn't...
2: The thing is, it's like, I don't think he also realized the gravity with which he fucked up.
0: Oh, no, not at all. I don't think he does it at like, all. Like, Go on.
2: Like, you can't just fucking come back from the fact that your actions led to a school shooting, where your friend is now paralyzed.
0: Right. Exactly. It's that's like
2: not an oopsie.
0: No, it's not like a oh I got caught cheating on my test. Like no, you you were a catalyst to school violence. Like. Yeah, like That's fucked. Yeah. But like yeah, so like he's just kind of just trying to to worm his way in which to be fair we've seen a bunch of male characters do in the show where they just they're like oh well i believe i should be redeemed um but it it's uh yeah so that's kind of happening on the back burner of everything um and he's also the reason how he's how craig finds out about ashley because he's like oh sorry dude you deserve better than that and he's like what and that's how that he's all like goes.
2: what do you mean
0: right there's also this piece, uh, because of that, and because Craig now is mad at Ellie, where she tries to reform Hell Hath No Fury with, uh, Paige and Hazel, um, and Paige and Hazel are really focused on, um, on trying to prepare for college admissions, and we re- we find out that Paige apparently is very interested in becoming a ad agent, um. And Ellie is desperately just trying to run away from the fact that Craig needs a drummer because Marco's like, oh, heads up, you should probably apologize to Craig because we need a drummer because we're not going to fucking let Spinner back into the band. And she's just like, oh! Oh, Right? Like, oh! Oh, boy! So, yeah. So, um, Ellie has that plan kind of fall apart because Hazel and Paige are really not interested in being in a band. Um... And then, eventually, Ellie sees Craig at his place, and there is kind of an interesting piece that I do want to kind of spotlight, because we're doing this highlight reel type of thing. I do, in spite of, like, the issues with Craig and things like that, I do kind of like the sentiment of Craig saying, like, I don't need you to protect me. Like, just Mm -hmm. because you know my shit doesn't mean that I need to be protected from my shit. Yeah. I like that. It's, it's not a bad piece of it. Um, so, sorry, I got Dolly on my lap, but she's trying to get really cozy. Yeah, baby. I know. Um, and anyway, they apologize to each other. I think Craig's is kind of lacking, but whatever. Um, and they... I feel like in another
2: world, this could have been an A-plot.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it absolutely could have.
2: Because it deserves more, like, weight than I feel like it was given.
0: Yeah, it's it's treated very lighthearted. And while I don't inherently think it needs to be a super heavy A plot, I feel like ultimately there's a lot of undercurrent going on here. Especially in terms of, like... It would be kind of interesting to kind of look at this as, like like this piece of like wanting to be wanting to protect somebody, wanting to prevent them from being hurt as someone who's mentally ill and as somebody who's also mentally ill and like your alliance kind of falling apart in that process, it, it feels like something that could be really insightful and interesting. Yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. I think it could have it could have been an a plot. I think it could have been given a bit more weight. Also, the spinner piece mm-hmm. I feel like also needs a little bit because I also think Spinner needs to understand and needs to have like a pretty direct lesson of like, hey, honestly, these should have been split up into two different plots mm-hmm. too.
2: Because I feel like you can't just have, like, Spinner as just like, oh, hey, as, like, as, like almost like a C-plot. Right. Like, this need That is something that
0: needs to be, like, front
2: and center.
0: I agree. I think these were kind of almost, like... I think there were two A-plots and one B-plot. Yeah. I think... Ellie, Like, I think Ellie having a crush on Craig, but not realizing she had a crush could have been a B-plot. Could have been a cute B-plot. I think the breakup with Ashley, withholding information could have been an A-plot, and I think Spinner's attempt at being brought back to Degrassi and it not going how he wants to could also be an A-plot.
2: Yeah. Yes, I agree. This whole thing should have been a separate episode apart from any. There should have been another B-plot. Something obviously, like, lighter. Like, I don't know. Having a day out.
0: Yeah, why not? Just... Just a nice, like, the last weekend before school gets too serious, go to the, go to the beach. Have a beach episode. (laughs) Um,
1: Alex, um, Alex recollects with Paige all the people she beat up or threatened over the summer.
0: Oh, that would be good. (laughs) That'd be good. Like, she's, like, flipping a switchblade while she's talking about it and Paige just kind (laughs) of sitting there like, okay, this is normal
2: page like looking at different colleges like and weighing the pros and cons but in like a lighthearted way of oh this one has the program I want but it's out in the prairie and I've never been there before yeah like
0: shenanigans like that like Hazel and her go on like a walking couple walking tours yeah that actually feels like the senior experience it feels like every weekend you're visiting schools in the fall that's kind (laughs) of what that actually is not
1: me my dad went to work for Rutgers, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you no, have you're locked choices. in.
0: You're locked in." To be fair, that's very realistic for people in this area. It's like, oh, you work at Rutgers. Oh, well, guess what? <laughs> Your kids go into Rutgers. Every single kid. Fair enough, though. Uh, I'm an alum there, but anyway, yeah, I agree. I think it could have been split up to a bunch of things. Uh, that's kind of my only real takes about the B plot, Joey. Do you have any takes about the B plot? Anything else?
2: No, not in particularly. Actually, like we kind of covered it. Yeah, so that it should. Like there was more, more weight should have been given to this, and it felt very odd paired
0: with like the Manny stuff. Yeah, I agree. What's your rating, Frank?
1: Um, I'm gonna give this a B minus. It was not the most easy episode to watch, but I feel like it was well made.
0: Nice.
1: Um, I was actually thinking, why don't we switch recommendations to now? So that yeah, that's what I was if... gonna do.
0: We'll do uh, recommendations, and then we could do character rankings, so Joey can head out. Yeah. So let's start with recommendations. This is when we recommend things that are tangentially related, or just things that we're enjoying. Blah blah blah. The fact of the matter is, is I've only been watching, reading fucking Fire Emblem fanfic. So once again, I'm gonna recommend a Fire Emblem fanfic. This one's 15-9. not mine. You... <laughs> I should honestly, but. You should promote your own.
2: you clown fic.
0: Clown fic's fucking good. I I will agree. Joey's clown fic is really fucking good. Um, It is a very good um, post-game fic featuring Sylvix and Leonie and Marianne, um, which is really fucking good. If you are familiar with the clown ending in Fire Emblem... Um, Three Houses. It's definitely worth reading. I'm pulling it up because I have it in my bookmarks. That's how much I enjoy it, which is Have I Doubt When I'm Alone, uh, which is a really good fic to check out. Um, I strongly recommend it. I really enjoyed it. I also am going to recommend Soft and Steadfast by Casual Bird. Both of these have not safe for work content. Just keep that in mind. Uh, But Soft and Steadfast is a to do Mercedes fic. It's really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um... Those are my recommendations.
1: What do you got, Joey? Um,
2: say what I don't recommend. Uh, which is yeah, which is I anti recommend the boys on Amazon.
0: The boys, it wasn't
2: good. You
0: like it? What was it even about? I Who are like, the boys? It's
2: like. It's like, the boys are people who are against superheroes, but the superheroes are, like, corrupt because they're, like, a business. And it could be very interesting, but it was very much the, oh, hee hee, we are not on network television, so let's, you know, blow half our budget on Kero Syrup. Normal. Having everything be ridiculously gory.
0: Awful. Do you have any recommendations Uh, other than the anti-one? What if
2: I even been doing.
0: Right? Like, all I've been doing is reading fic. I haven't even fic. been
2: reading much because I have been busy with, like,
0: work. Yeah, that's true. Um, i Parasite.
2: If Parasite, y- if you haven't.
1: I really want to see that.
0: <sighs> I haven't seen it yet. But I'll take your word for it. Frank, it's do you have ever... a. Nice! Frank, do you have a recommendation?
1: Yeah, um, actually, this one's for once tangentially related. I'm going to recommend the To All the Boys I Loved Before trilogy of books.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea.
1: Because there is a. Um, the main character. Uh, I, oh my god. I forgot what her name is. It's, I'm very tired, excuse me. Because like, all I can, can remember is what the actress's name is Lana Condor. And then, I remember what Susie, like, what Susie called her on the episode we did, which is Cute Boots. Um. Anyway. Uh, yeah, because, like, there's a, they get, um, video, her and her boyfriend get videotaped and it becomes a whole plotline. Um. So, I highly recommend that, uh, series of books because it's just super sweet. And the boy is actually, like, the male love interest is actually, like, one I can, kind of get behind nice like normally i'm just like oh god you but like he actually he there's a point where uh the the main character's like well what if i got pregnant like what would what would like what would you do and he's like well it'd be your choice of what to do because it's your body like you'd be the one carrying it and i was like bravo
0: (laughs) nice so that being said joey you've made it through (laughs) <laughs> hey. how can people continue the conversation with you
2: um, so you can catch me on twitter as uh, smugsnailcos or smugsnail um, or instagram as smugsnails plural but with a z because smugsnail was taken and um, yeah that's where you can find me
0: awesome and thank you so much for making time to talk with us I really appreciate it yeah, of course, anytime. Yeah. Alright, shall we move on to character rankings, Frank? Uh,
1: yes. A lot of people are going down.
0: I can imagine!
1: Um, just off the top of my head, um, Peter, you're going to into hell and never coming back out, no matter what you do. Um, Jimmy's going down, Paige is going down, Paige for not supporting Manny, G- uh, Jimmy for... Uh, making those shitty comments about Manny. Um, Emma's going down for just being a terrible friend for the most part, but kind of clutching it out in the end. Um. The Santoses, uh, Mr. and Mrs. They both get to... Like, they're just... They're pretty shitty, too. Um, they're down on the dregs. Um... we call it. um, uh, Manny, I, like, I don't want to give her pity points, because I don't feel like that's kind of the point of character rankings, but for just surviving all that, she gets to bump up two or three ranks, um, Simpson for trying his best to get through this, but, like, you're gonna bump up a rank, um, JT and Toby for not Participating get to bump up Two ranks Um, Though I also I would have really Enjoyed it if like their plot line Just became like everybody's like Yo did you see this video of Manny and they're just like Yeah but have you seen this video of a monkey sniffing Its own butt
0: It's like come on this is where the real action. is
1: (laughs) Like they just keep pushing that Like Um uh, Ellie and Ellie and um, for trying her best to be a good friend, gets to bump up two or three ranks. Um, Ashley, for basically ghosting Craig, gets bumped down three or four ranks. Um, uh, Craig, uh, bumped down one rank. I'm still kind of annoyed. hmm Um, Marco, give her the mustache and we'll talk. Oof. I think that's it. I think that's everybody.
0: All right. So, now we've made it through.
1: Ugh. <laughs>
0: um so if you want to continue the conversation with us if you have any questions comments concerns you can always email us at i at gmail.com you can also follow us on twitter at i hope Pod. you can join our facebook group and i hope i can make it through podcast as we get through the new year my job is finally coming down which means that i'm going to be better on top of that type of stuff so please do not hesitate to contact us especially if you're interested in potentially appearing on one of our episodes um season five is very much an open book right now we don't really have anything really established yet we're feeling it out um so if you are interested in any episodes definitely let us know um if you want to support our show in other ways, there are two major ways you can do so. You can donate to our coffee account. Any money that we make off of that goes to our tech upgrades as well as compensating our guests. Um, and we also have a review challenge. So once we hit 20 reviews, we're going back to the Degrassi archives, going to Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High. Um, we're going to give you some feedback on that. Um, we also have our other creative challenges which allow us to write and show off some of our love of the written word especially because we are constantly talking about writing in the context of this show um thank you everybody who has been supporting us happy new year and we're really hoping that 2020 is going to be kinder to us and we also hope it's going to be kinder to you guys um because fuck 2019 sucked but we're excited to be continuing this project um if you want to talk to me you can always follow me on twitter at dm is unbreakable yes we are still in fire emblem hell on there but i absolutely am always down to talk about degrassi and always down to talk about many other things so please don't hesitate to reach out to me um do not be intimidated by the tons and tons and tons of retweets about to it was to week in the fandom so i've been excited but if you want to talk to me about other things feel free
1: um, I have a Twitter. I barely use it. I'm um, I, I do have an Instagram. Um, that's Sir I Would Challenge. Uh, I also have a Wattpad. Link is in the description. Um, I also have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk. Where my sister and I cover all things uh, teen media. Uh, this year, this first month is A New Year, A New Lohan, where we're covering the movies of Lindsay Lohan. This week's was Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Which is a bonkers movie. What led to some fun discussion? Um, uh, yeah, I think that's about it for me.
2: Actor from the an actor from the movie Gothic is that movie? Cause I remember this person now. It's Fred's fun. On, I online. Wow. Um, was really really into Julian Sands, and she would watch that movie a lot because he's like in it. But I know him as Percy Shelley in
0: Gothic. Anyway, that being said, everybody, we hope we can keep making it through and that you're going to be there with us until next week, everyone. Later. Bye.